This is AutoLine Daily reporting on the global automotive industry. Sales of electric cars can't seem to get going without government subsidies. And now Indonesia is the latest country to start offering them. The government not only wants incentives for consumers, it wants to give incentives to manufacturers to build EVs there. Reuters reports that Indonesia hopes that companies will start making EVs by 2022, and it wants EVs to make up 20% of its total car production by 2025. And sales of electric cars are also hindered by a lack of charging stations. So BP is partnering with Didi, which is China's largest ride-hailing company, and they're going to build a network of charging stations in China. The goal is to build 200 stations by the end of 2020, and BP says it could eventually add thousands of stations throughout China in the future. General Motors posted its second quarter financial earnings, and the numbers are kind of ho-hum. GM sold 1.1 million vehicles. That was down 6% from last year. It brought in $36 billion in revenue. That was down about 2%. And yet it posted a slightly better net profit of $2.4 billion. China was a big problem for GM in the last quarter. Sales fell more than 22% and income dropped 66%. The one bright spot is that GM is doing an impressive job of cutting costs. Thanks to that, its operating profit was $2.5 billion, and that was up 92%. Electrification is the foundation for advanced mobility, and Yazaki is fully connected to vehicle electrification. With more than 75 years of experience, Yazaki is your development partner for high-voltage vehicle electrification. Ford introduced the all-new F600 Super Duty back in March because its customers wanted something with the capability of a Class 6 truck, but in a Class 5 package. And helping to fill another gap is the engine that powers the F600 and several other commercial vans and trucks. It's an all-new gasoline 7.3-liter V8, and that is 445 cubic inches. Again, customers were telling Ford they wanted an engine that's more powerful than its older gasoline engines without having to step up to the diesel. At an event in Michigan the other day, we learned there will be two calibrations for this engine. The more powerful one will make 430 horsepower with 475 pound-feet of torque, and the standard version in the F450 and up will have 350 horsepower with 468 pound-feet of torque. One thing that stood out to us is the lengths that Ford went to to make sure this engine is durable, specifically in the area of lubrication. It flows nearly twice as much oil to the top of the engine than its competitors, and even went as far to machine these little channels in the top of the rocker arms that pour oil all over the push rods at low idle, which helps reduce wear. Another focus for durability was the water pump. If the distance between where the pump mounts to the engine and the front flange looks large, that's because it is. Ford used beefier bearings from the diesel, and to make sure customers get down the road as effortly and as efficiently as before, the all-new 7.3 liter can be mated to an all-new 10-speed automatic. Ford took the designs from the 10-speed it developed with General Motors, which goes in the F-150, but GM has nothing to do with this transmission. Only 7% of the parts are common with the 10-speed in the F-150. 
As you can see, some of the internal parts are much larger, but what's impressive is it's the same length as the previous six-speed transmission, and it only weighs three and a half pounds more. A power takeoff, or PTO, with stationary torque of 300 foot-pounds is also available for both the 7.3-liter gas and 6.7-liter diesel. We'll report on all the upgrades to the diesel tomorrow, and next week we're going to have something that will probably pique your interest. And speaking of piquing your interest, here's something that you got to pay attention to. We've heard of all kinds of sales gimmicks before, but listen to the latest one from Dodge. It'll give you a cash allowance of $10 for every horsepower. Get it? The more horsepower you buy, the bigger the discount. So if you want a Challenger Hellcat Red Eye with 797 horsepower, they'll knock $7,970 off the price. And this discount applies to any Challenger, Charger, or Durango. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. And also by Yazaki. Whenever you see a list of the most stolen vehicles, it's usually the best-selling cars that are at the top of the list. But the Highway Lost Data Institute put together a list of the vehicles with the highest claim frequencies. And topping that list is the Dodge Charger Hemi, followed by the Dodge Challenger SRT Hellcat and the Infiniti Q50. These three models have claim rates for theft that are five times higher than the average model. And rounding out the top five are the Infiniti QX80 and the GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab. Nearly all of the 20 models on the list are luxury vehicles or pickups or have big engines. And then at the bottom of the list, the vehicles with the lowest frequency of claims include the BMW 3 Series, the Tesla Model S, the Tesla Model X, the Chevrolet Equinox, and the Buick Encore. The HLDI says that Tesla has low theft rates because their vehicles are usually parked in garages or close to homes so they can get recharged. And EVs from any brand, on average, have lower theft rate claims than comparable cars. Because I guess the chop shops just don't see any need to steal them. You know, the United States and Russia have never been warm and cozy with each other. So how did a Soviet-era Lada end up in the United States? That's going to be one of the topics on today's AutoLine After Hours. Because one of our viewers, Julian Azaria, will bring his Soviet-era classic into the studio. It's a 1985 Lada 2101. Of course, we'll also be diving into a bunch of other fun and controversial topics of things going on in the industry. So join me and Gary Vasilash for some of the best insights on what's driving this industry. Also joining us will be Jason Fogelson from RideTech, who will bring us up to speed on Harley-Davidson's new electric Livewire motorcycle. You may know that there's a global crisis with honeybees. For some reason, their population is being decimated. So Bentley is stepping in to try and help. It installed beehives that house 120,000 honeybees at its assembly plant in Crewe, England. It also planted a bunch of wildflowers that the bees like. You know, historically, the hood ornament on Bentleys were nicknamed the Flying Bee. So having a bunch of flying bees around the company's assembly plant ties right in with the company's heritage. Anyway, that wraps up today's report. Thanks for watching. 
and please join us again tomorrow.